0: Hey everyone, welcome back to the podcast. Um, Hope that you are getting to enjoy this last leg of the summer as we roll into August. And just a couple reminders we'll be back in the garden next Sunday, August 14th. Um, Keep an eye out for the time. We'll probably be starting a little bit earlier just to avoid some of the heat. Um, but yeah, just keep an eye out on our discord and our Instagram and all those good things to stay updated, but so excited to jump back in the conversation with you all as we round the corner. Um, and other reminders that on August 28th, we won't be meeting for Sunday service and September rolls around our yearly environmental series. So kind of prep yourself for all the things to come. But I hope you can join us for conversation here on Sunday. Um, and so as we jump into this text and this passage, just a little reminder of where we've been the last few weeks. We've talked about um, deconstructing our values. What matters to us. We've kind of gone through the sermon that Paul gave last week around, you know, what are the things that don't matter. What are the things that we shouldn't necessarily be trying to store or hold on to? Um, And then how do we reframe the sense of what is wealth to us when it really does come down to what matters? And we continue to roll in this text of Luke in the chapter 12 to just continue this conversation. Again, hopefully adding another layer and also continuing what we've already started. So this uh, this morning, or whenever you are listening to this podcast, I'm going to read out of the message version uh, for our text this week. From Luke 12, verses 32 through 40. It says, What I'm trying to do here is get you to relax, not be so preoccupied with getting so you can respond to God's giving people who don't know God and the way that they work fuss over these things but you know both God and how the divine works steep yourself in God reality God initiative God provisions and you'll find that all of your human concerns in every day will be met don't be afraid of missing out You're my dearest friends, and the Father wants to give you the very kingdom itself. Be generous. Give to the poor. Get yourselves a bank that can't go bankrupt. A bank in heaven far from bank robbers, safe from embezzlers, a bank that you can bank on. The place where your treasure is, is the place that you'll most want to be and end up being. Is when the master shows up, keep your shirts on, keep the lights on. Be like house servants waiting for their master to come back from his honeymoon, awake and ready to open the door when he arrives and knocks. Lucky the servants whom the master finds on watch. He'll put on an apron, sit them down at the table, and serve them a meal, sharing his wedding feast with them. It doesn't matter what time of the night he arrives, they're awake and so blessed you know that if the house owner had known what night the burglar was coming he wouldn't have stayed out late and left the place unlocked so don't be careless just when you don't expect him the son of man will show up Lord, word of the lord And so I'll post um, kind of the New Revised Standard version as well uh, within our text on the website and the podcast, but I think it's so interesting to kind of read through this phrase of steep yourself in God reality, God initiative, God provisions. And so as we kind of roadmap through this text, I'm curious of how we've mapped out what our values are as a community, and then also how do we decipher between what doesn't matter and what matters, and then how we serve in that space. Uh, I think in some ways this text is hard to preach to this community because it does feel like we are already engaged in this discussion, Um, And also there are aspects of this text that feel kind of very pointed towards a specific eschatological framework, um, or at least it has been used in that way. Um, We're also framed in a different way, as we've talked about in our values discussion, that for us it's not about... Maintaining as many people as possible, um, kind of quantity over quality, but instead the opposite when it comes to our discussions and our community space. Um, so in in this kind of discussion, it's very much a push and pull of is this more of something that we gear towards, you know, our individual spirituality? Is this something that we bring into the community conversation? Um, so as always, I will do my best to offer some new ideas around this text um, but again it's kind of open to our collective wisdom of what we think will make the most sense for a conversation on Sunday the way that this text is typically kind of set up is it starts with the phrase of do not be afraid which we have heard many other times within the text but it continues into a space of you know, always be on your guard, always be ready and available and prepared for the coming of Jesus of the Master of different kind of understandings in this text. Um, and it's very hard for me to reconcile those two things of how how do you maintain a sense of do not be afraid because, The the Father, the Divine, wants to give you the kingdom, wants to steep you in God-reality, while also leaning into a fear-based, you need to be ready, you need to be on guard, uh, because woe is the servant who may not be prepared. Uh, We've read through other similar texts that have used these analogies of keep your lamps lit, Um, You know, if you aren't ready on time, then you're going to get left behind. And yet in this text reading that we get from the message, there's specific phrases in this text of, you know, don't be afraid of missing out, Um, live into, you know, a normal reality or at least live in a way that reflects um, kind of a sense of abundance and, and truth of what you're doing is good enough. And so I try to steer away in our conversations from uh, a framing in which it would lead us to be more anxious, that feel like we're not doing enough, uh, because I don't think that this is what we are actually getting at here. Um, Instead, I think that it is leading us to consider what it would be like to live a life where our normal interactions, our daily habits, Um, are already allowing us to be in a space that we are living into, Our truths. Um, I always refer back to the quote by Bob Goff of, when joy is a habit, love is a reflex. And so throughout this conversation, I kind of wonder a little bit more about our reflexes. What does it mean to build a life in which we are naturally feeling in this space? and filling in this space of reflecting divine love, divine belonging, um, divine acceptance of one another. And so I think the less that we feel like we need to fear, the more we know that a life of also giving out of ourselves, of that imagery of a river flowing out of us, allows us to live, not just on the brink of destruction, um, but on the brink of affirmation um where i think we can also more readily hear this text in a more positive light um, rather than feeling like it is punishing us uh, that we won't be blessed if we don't do everything right and maintain a sense of preparedness Um, i think these are also truths that are known to people a little more easily who have faced hard things in life um you know, potential danger or darkness or death in different ways um, that allow you to kind of embrace a new sense of that God reality, that God remains with you in these hard moments rather than, you know, forcing you into them. And so as we, we come back to this text of what is our reflex around giving? What is our reflex around being with people in ways that aren't, always easy. Um, What is our reflex when we do get anxious? Because it's not a completely avoidable reality. Um, I think that Jesus moves us from a space of last week teaching us that riches are not the ultimate concern for life. Um, But instead, in this text, it offers a few different ways of thinking about um, how we fill up our time, how we fill up Um, kind of our habits, and then how do we move from there. So I think Barbara Brown Taylor offers um, a commentary on this text that neither receiving nor sharing is possible when hands are grasped and fingers clenched. Being rich towards God involves, as Ignatian spirituality counsels, a generosity of spirit that opens our perceptions towards manifestations of God's generosity that are always present, but often at the edges of awareness, easily overlooked when focus gets obsessive. And so I want, and I hope, that we allow this text to kind of surprise us as we think about this idea of the generosity of spirit. We've talked, sure, about, you know, the more formal senses of what wealth or abundance might be. But I think if we're going to set up a life that grace and love are natural to us, rather than having to panic about whether or not we're holding up to a certain standard, there's a natural progression towards uh, a Jesuit value of majus, which reflects an idea of more. Uh, But this is not a more for ourselves of storing up like we talked about last week. Uh, instead, it is conducive towards the greater service of the divine and the universal good. Uh, kind of the unofficial motto of the Jesuits is ad majorum de gloriam, for the greater glory of God. And so again, it's this idea that we try to do more or greater for the divine, which includes this universal sense of, of personhood and sacredness. That doesn't just mean that we fill up ourselves, right? That it's not geared just towards an inward sense of focus, but outwardly. And so I think being prepared, when we talk about how do we prep for, you know, a test or how do we prep for life, are a little bit different. But you feel like if you just do more, if you Speed up and you try to get through as many chapters as you possibly can to cram for a test Then hopefully you will you'll get it when in reality If you were able to take it at a slower pace and actually digest the material you have a much better chance of kind of making those right answers or equations or what-have-you on that test And so we think sometimes that quantity over quality might actually somehow get us somewhere, when in reality, I think time and time again, we're taught that that's not true. And so I think instead of getting caught up with speeding up to get everything done, which I'm still guilty of to these days, slowing down to a pace of being known is what is more present in this text. I don't think that... uh, the centering of this text is around being prepared by doing more and constantly being on guard. Humans are not capable of that. But instead, if we allow ourselves to be known, if we build in habits and reflexes that just seem to reflect our values a lot easier, um, you know, that is a better space. You could speed up and try to get everything done. And I guess in that way, you might have done your job, uh, or maybe even gotten by on that test, but perhaps you've missed a spirit of what you are doing um, by trying to do more. So I think in, in all of these things, it comes to this moment where the master does, um, Basically, do this whole role reversal. He comes back from a honeymoon, and the servants are ready, they're prepared, they want to welcome him home. They know that this is their job, but maybe they also have a relationship with the master where they're excited for him. You know, he's coming back, and he puts on the apron, he sits down, you know, those who were in service to him, and he creates and feeds a meal to them. And this is, I think, the crux of what it means when we talk about a radical upsetting of the norms, that someone who is in control might be able to step back to serve, to listen, to be with in a way that wasn't possible at another time. If we allow ourselves to see this as the true miracle or blessing, If we allow ourselves to slow down, if we allow ourselves to change some of our habits to reflect the sense of generosity, if the first thing that our minds subconsciously go to is grace and mercy and love, then I think we get a little bit more of what this passage originally intended to say. Not that you have to be on guard, not that you have to be pressured to do the right thing all the time, um, but to live a life that allows you um, to stand by, like, this is what I believe. So I always come back to, and we're never done with that process, but I always come back to uh, this phrase. Um, A famous uh, uh, artist was once asked uh, by Time magazine, like, how do you know that you're done with a painting? And they responded, how do you know when you're done with creating love? And I think in that sense, we'll leave it there for a discussion on Sunday that we might embrace a sense of the kingdom of God is already all around us. May we be open to it. May we create new reflexes in our life. To love God, embrace beauty, and live life to the fullest.